Hello, and welcome to the Pragmatic Live podcast series, where we tackle the biggest challenges facing today's product management, product marketing, and other market and data-driven professionals with some of the best minds in the industry. I'm Rebecca Calajaris, Vice President of Marketing at Pragmatic Institute, and your host for this episode. And today, we're very excited to have back with us Ellie Merman from CRAN. She's the CMO from CRAN, uh, which is a market and competitive intelligence firm. And maybe, Ellie, for those of you, those listening who haven't uh, maybe been to one of your webinars or heard anything else, you could tell us a little bit about what CRAN does and about your role there. Sure thing. Um, and thanks so much for having me. Excited to, to dig in today. Um, so yes, I'm the CMO at Crayon. Uh, it's crayon.co and uh, it's a market and competitive intelligence software company. Uh, we help you track, analyze, and act on everything happening in your competitive landscape. Um, so we automatically capture a whole bunch of different data points about your competitors, pull it into the platform, uh, help filter it and organize it and all that. And then uh, you can create all sorts of different deliverables for uh, various folks in your organization. So things like battle cards, reports, newsletters, alerts, uh, everything that your team would need to stay on top of the competition. Awesome. All right. So you were on a webinar with us recently talking a little bit about how to, to get competitive intelligence, particularly in a rapidly sort of changing environment. Um, and then there was so many great questions and so much good dialogue. And I thought it would be a lot of fun to dig a little deeper today in a couple different areas. Um, one of the things I know whenever we've talked, you've made very clear is the importance of regularly maintaining your competitive intelligence and regularly sort of uh, streaming it out to your audiences. So maybe talk a little bit about, you know, sort of best practices around how do you just make sure you're maintaining it? How do you invest just a little bit every, every day to keep on top of it? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's one of the things that's fun about working at Crayon is that I get to be our own customer. And so I have, uh, I've sat in these shoes quite a bit myself. And when you think about competitive intelligence, uh, so much of the history around competitive intelligence is very manual uh, because that's just been the way that you've been able to collect intelligence and do something with it. Um, and so it's really time consuming. It's really manual. So a lot of people, I think a lot of companies have gotten into this practice of, well, I know it's going to be a really big project, so I will you know, wait until I can really dedicate time to it. And then when you finally get around to it, it's this giant project and maybe it's, you know, on a quarterly basis, maybe even less frequently. Um, even if you're doing it monthly, I think that's, um, uh, you know, the extent of how manual uh, people are willing <laughs> to, to kind of put effort towards it. Um, but the reality is that the longer, the more you kind of build it up to this big one-time project, um, the bigger effort it is and a lot less actionable too, right? You think about everything that's happened over the course of a month or of course the quarter, um, by the time you are doing that report, a lot of the opportunities that may have presented themselves have now passed, right? So you can still report on them, but you can't really do as much with that information. Um, so I'm a big believer in making it part of a, a daily practice. It's something that I literally do. Um, of course, now there's a lot more technology like Crayon. Um, that allows you to automate things in a way that you don't have to spend all this manual effort every single day. Um, and I literally spend, you know, five to 10 minutes a day doing competitive monitoring. And, uh, you know, that includes like getting my alerts, seeing what's going on. So the alerts are already filtered for what I'm trying to keep tabs on. So it's not everything. 
Um, and then, you know, when there's something important, I go and either share it out with the team. I, you know, might update something like a battle card, um, but it really is this like quick daily practice, which makes it so much easier to do some of the longer term analyses from time to time, but then also just really keeping everyone uh, in the loop about what's happening um, in the market. Well, and I think there is a delicate balance anytime we're trying to pe keep people in the loop, but we don't want to overwhelm them with information mm -hmm. when they stop listening, right? Um, and so I think that competitive intelligence is a way, is a space where sometimes that can happen. So, so how do we keep them involved and keep it top of mind, but without them just starting to kind of tune it out because they hear it so much? That is a really great point. Yeah, just because you can share something every day doesn't mean it makes sense to. Um, and so I think about kind of the consumption of intelligence um, differently for say the CI pro or the product marketer or the product manager versus other people in the organization like sales or the executive team and so on. So um, I think that the CI pro or whoever is kind of owning CI internally, you want to stay on top of it because you want to know whether you're going to have to triage what needs to go out, what doesn't. Um, and when you find some sort of piece of, uh, you know, some sort of important update, um, the question is, is this urgent or is it just, you know, it's important and the team needs to know about it, but it's not something that they need to know about right now. I don't need to interrupt their day to day in order for them to pay attention to this. There are certainly things that, um, you know, do require interruption. Things like, I don't know, competitor has some sort of financing event or like they acquire someone or maybe a really large product launch, something like that um, could be big enough to alert people. Um, but then some of the other things that might be impactful but not urgent could get rolled up into some sort of monthly newsletter or something along those lines. And that way, uh, you start to build up this practice and you start to build up the expectation from others in the company that hey, if I'm getting an email from, you know, so-and-so CI pro, I know that it's important because I've seen this history of when I get an alert in the middle of the day, that means something big has happened. Um, and then if it comes in the newsletter, I know, you know, I can set aside some time, maybe over a cup of coffee, what have you, um, to really go through what the latest updates are. Um, but I know that there's this distinction between urgent update and, you know, uh, digest of what's been going on lately. And I think when we do that as, as competitive pros and, and sharing it, when we're smart with our filter, then people trust us, right? So if I break the normal routine and say, this is important, I have to meet it. You don't want to be the, the marketer that cried wolf, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that once you start, you, you do it enough times, right? At the beginning, it's definitely about um, kind of learning what the cadence is and learning what the expectations are. But over time, you start to... Um, build a good habit with the audience. Right? It's like they're our own internal personas, our internal customers. Um, and then, uh, and they'll start to expect that, oh, if I'm getting interrupted, it, it really is important. And that brings us right to a, another great point that you've touched on a little bit, but maybe we can dive deeper in is all of these people that we're sharing the information with. I love the idea of thinking of them as our internal personas, mm -hmm. but what I would share with sales and how I would share it would be different than what I would share with the exec team and how I would share it, right? We want to translate that into kind of what's in it for them. Can you talk a little bit about best practice, maybe particularly with those two groups? Uh, they're such big consumers of our information. How do we say, um, let's start with sales, right? What, is, what have you found and what do you see as best practices in sharing uh, competitive information with sales on a regular basis? 
Yeah, I think you're, you're totally right. Like the, they, they are very different personas. And I think, you know, uh, the, the folks who are listening are likely experts in persona development. Um, and so really using that same type of approach with your internal audiences is really helpful because like you said, the, the sales team both needs different things and also consumes things differently. Um, and so uh, when I think about, you know, creating something for sales, um, I, the first filter really for me is, will this impact a sales conversation? Will this come up? Could it uh, either, you know, throw a wrench into some sort of conversation that they're having or on the flip side, is this, is there an opportunity for that salesperson to really get an edge um, with this information? So for, that's really the, the most important lens. Like, is it relevant to their job? Um, and then it's about make adapting the delivery to how they're going to use it, right? Because it's not like they're going to sit around pontificating about the competitive landscape. They want to know, what do I say? <laughs> and, you know, what's the competitor doing? Why is that uh, impactful to, you know, why someone would choose us versus them? And what do I say? How do I talk about it? Um, and so a lot of the, you know, materials that we create for sales include sound bites. It's like we've, we've skipped ahead, you know, past the analysis and whatnot, basically to, all right, what do I actually say? Um, and there's so much of our resources that I try as much as possible to um, package it up with the expectation that they will literally read or copy and paste or what have you, whatever I'm sending, um, because that's going to be the, the easiest thing for them to do. And I want to lean into that, right? If I want them to leverage what I'm sharing with them, um, I want it to be packaged and ready to go. Um, that means it's not super long. That means it really is in, you know, publicly uh, consumable format. Um, and it uh, doesn't necessarily go into the nitty gritty and also just doesn't touch on certain aspects of competitors um, that would be irrelevant to the sale. It's such a good point too, right? Because they, they are going to most likely cut and paste it, know mm -hmm. that upfront, plan for it, and then you won't be frustrated <laughs> when they do it. You think, yep. perfect, that's just what I wanted you to share. <laughs> um, the other thing I think with salespeople that's important is right, they're working deals and there's, there's a, a large volume of information coming at them. Um, and so I've always found it's really important to make things like not only easy to just digest when they first get it, but easy to find when they mm -hmm. need it, right? How do they put their fingers on it? So is, uh, is that something that your software helps do? Are there other tips for making it just really easy to get their hands on at the exact moment when they're on the call and they need that information? Yeah. I mean, I think this is a, another classic example of leaning into the way they already work, right? Like if I know that they're going to copy and paste what I send them, I might as well write it in a way that they're, that it's okay if they actually do that. Um, I think the same goes with uh, how, or like where they're finding it and uh, how they're accessing whatever you're sharing with them. So um, my, I'm a big believer in just use the tools that they are already using. Mm -hmm. So for us, that's our CRM and that's Slack. Uh, so we use Salesforce for our CRM and, and Slack for our, our internal chat. Our sales team's all over both of those, right? If I were to introduce another system, mm -hmm. I just, you know, then you're, you're fighting that battle of getting adoption on top of, you know, trying to get them to engage what you're actually even putting through those systems. So I would rather lean into something that they have already adopted and already have to use for other reasons um, and just share, um, share that way. And so um, we, uh, of course, use our own product, um, but we use our 
uh, our battle cards are embedded right within Salesforce mm -hmm. so that the tool that they're already using while you know you're they're even looking at information about a particular opportunity all of that information is right there um, with slack we have our own uh, we have a competitive channel um, and what one of the things i really like about that is it really is two-way um, so we will push out intel um, into the channel uh, particularly through alerts so um, instead of doing like email alerts a lot to the sales team we've actually started to switch over to slack as our Slack adoption has kind of taken off with everyone being remote. Um, and so uh, we'll push out important intel that way. We can even have a conversation around it, which is great. And then whenever they find something from the field, like whether they have a question or they hear about something about a competitor, um, they can post that into Slack and we can have a conversation about it. I can you know, respond and provide some suggestions. Um, and then we can even pipe that um, intelligence back into the product so that for me as the CI pro, you know, I'm in, I'm in our platform and I have everything all in one place. So um, there, there's a really healthy kind of back and forth. And I think that one of the things, one of the side effects of that that's really good is that when the sales team is involved in that CI process, I think they're more bought in, uh, right? If we're starting to incorporate what they're hearing um, into say our battle cards or our digest and things like that, um, they feel like we're really listening to them and that we are collecting what is, um, you know, the full picture uh, of what's happening in the market. Well, and I have to say we're, we were a little bit late to the party on the competitor Slack channel, but it's, it's <laughs> probably my favorite tool that we have. Mm -hmm. And I find that it, it's so quick and digestible and it's almost like I can see both the marketing and the sales team, big consumers of it. And they also kind of like, they, they, run to be the first one to post something when they see it right yep. um and i find that just to be it's been a, a really good addition to our the information sharing versus some things that also it's it's more alive right some of the other tools we found that that because we have a, a small team right would get static so we talked about best practices for for kind of sharing ci out with with the sales team so being where they are using the tools they're already using making sure that you're providing it easy digestible and also in a way that you will be not uncomfortable but super happy when they cut and paste what you gave them out now let's talk about uh sharing uh, you know competitive information with the other big audience executives because i suspect there's probably a different technique that you would recommend for really providing that information for executives in the way that they want to see it yeah um definitely uh so i think with executives first off uh if there are any executives who are listening you know the, the our calendars are crazy right it's like we're running around um from meeting to meeting there isn't a lot of time and so if you're going to get some, um, uh, you know, time real estate with uh, with an executive, you want it to really count. Um, so I think for you know more of the ongoing uh, activities, it's it's really about keeping it as short and sweet and getting to the point as quickly as possible. Um, so uh, I also think it's really important to to really frame the takeaway of any particular data point. I think in a lot of cases, especially when there's something big enough to share with an executive audience, um, chances are you want to get it to them in you know get it in front of them as soon as possible. Um, but uh, providing that takeaway, I think, is really important for guiding the strategy. Right? If if you're if you want to have a role in um, guiding the interpretation of the data, you need to provide that interpretation uh, as part of that. So. 
um, getting it out in front of them, having it be really short and sweet, making sure that you have a takeaway. I think that those are really important. Now, chances are the executives probably also want to go a lot deeper um, from time to time, not all the time for sure, um, but uh, from time to time really want to do that deep dive. And so um, again, I'm a big believer in just trying to find, trying to lean into how people already work. And so in some cases that might mean using an existing uh, executive meeting um, to have a segment there where, you know, there's a lot more in-depth conversation around the competitive landscape and, and changes there, trends that you're seeing. Um, it could be more of like a report that they want to read at you know, nights and weekends when they're not in meetings, um, whatever it might be, and, and really tailoring it to the particular people you're working with, I think can be helpful. Um, but making sure to, to do that deep dive and to try to tell a story with a variety of data points, right? I think on the ongoing, more urgent side of things, it's like quick data point, quick takeaway, let's, you know, take any action that we need to. But for the deep dive, it's let me take this broader perspective and connect the dots when, you know, the executives are too busy to, to go into all the nitty gritty detail. So um, how can I pull out the relevant details, connect those dots, tell the story, and then um, maybe even guide a discussion around it, right? It's not always uh, we need to do X, Y, Z. It could be we need to answer, you know, this question about our strategy or what decision do we want to make here if, you know, our competitor is expanding into this market? What does that mean for us? Um, even just guiding that conversation, I think, can be really helpful um, for the CI Pro to do. Do you have a story or an example? We can share either a, a positive one or one maybe where you, you didn't share the information in the way you, you maybe in retrospect would have. Hmm. Um, I'll share, uh, I guess, something from every category. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember we did um, uh, kind of a big win-loss uh, interview project at one point. We got back a lot of great information. Um, and we shared out all of the raw data uh, with our executive team. In the end, it really, it was a productive conversation, but um, I wish, uh, but first off, not every executive actually consumed all of it because it was too much information. Um, and then the other issue was that uh, we didn't get to the takeaway fast enough um, because we were providing this like raw interview data. It, it was summarized, but it wasn't, we weren't connecting the dots between the different interviews and things like that. Um, and uh, we spent a lot of time digesting the information and not a lot of time figuring out, all right, what are we actually going to do about it? Um, so if I could go back and, you know, we've done similar projects since then, um, I'd focus more on summarizing that information, um, maybe even leading more of a discussion as opposed to, you know, everyone showing up and, and sharing their thoughts. Because um, uh, I think that there is value in that deep dive information, but having that, um, I guess, consolidation uh, is really helpful to be able to guide towards something um, productive and not just interesting. Um, on the flip side of that, you know, I think that we have really great engagement from our executive team on um, our kind of monthly recaps, um, definitely our, our alerts, but that's, you know, really the urgent stuff that everyone gets excited about. Um, the, but the monthly uh, digests have gotten really concise and kind of a good level of detail. So 
I'll pick on win-loss because I just mentioned it. Um, you know, we have a whole win-loss section uh, of our uh, monthly cadence. And uh, we share, you know, how often competitors even come up. Not all of our, actually, the minority of our deals are competitive. Um, but uh, even just understanding where competitive fits into the overall sales experience, uh, which competitors are coming up the most, are there new ones that we're seeing, or um, are there are certain themes about why we're winning and losing. Um, we've gotten some good, uh, kind of a good cadence around providing those takeaways with the opportunity to even dive deeper if they wanted to, um, you know, linking off to say the Salesforce record or talking to the sales rep, things like that, um, where we have a lot more notes, but even just like pulling out those takeaways has been really valuable um, and a lot more actionable than, um, than what we've seen uh, in other formats. Right. And I have to say, I think yeah, you made a good point too, where sometimes in our profession, we get super excited about the details and we need some of the, the you know, maybe more context than some, because it's, it's how we know it's real, right? It's not mm -hmm. an opinion. I, I've got all this stuff, but if I, if I, if I don't give my execs the opportunity to, to digest it for them and to kind of show them they, okay, so because of this, this is what it means, or this is what I recommend we do, then we really miss an opportunity um, I think also to show our expertise and, and to show the value of that data, because we're just like, oh, you know, they're so lost in the weeds, or mm -hmm. we assume they're going to translate it the way we did, right? Mm -hmm. Or it's like, how, how could you not see that this is what this means? Um, yeah. yeah, but I think sometimes, you know, providing that in, in an appendix for those who do like to dig deep, we've got a, a company full of product managers here. So we, we, a lot of us like the details, but, but kind of, treating that more as the, and here you can go deeper if you want to, has been uh, definitely more productive for us. Yeah, I think that definitely speaks to um, different people, even in the same role, but different people have different preferences around how they like to consume information. Some are very, you know, data-driven, analytical. They want to see the numbers, you know, even just give me a table, don't even give me the graph. Um, some are maybe more visual with that. Um, some really uh, thrive off of stories. Um, giving specific examples of, hey, we had this deal and we learned this thing, or even sharing screenshots and videos of what competitors are doing. Um, and so learning what, what your audience, how your audience likes to consume that information. And then if you do have, you know, different preferences within the same group, um, offering uh, kind of those different jump off points can be helpful to make sure you're engaging everyone. Great. All right, Ellie, we talked about a ton of different things today. Uh, but if you were going to have people do two things differently tomorrow based on what we talked about today, what would you have them focus on? I'd say first set up a daily practice of keeping tabs on your competitors. It makes your life so much easier um, just to have that daily pulse, um, much more actionable as well. Um, and then the other is... Uh, figure out all of those internal personas uh, that, that need competitive intelligence and what to deliver to each of them. Um, I think that we kind of think about competitive intelligence as this one amorphous bucket, but uh, it really is different for each of your audiences and even just different competitor segments too. Um, so identify those personas, figure out what they need and, uh, and start delivering it. Great. Thank you, Ellie. I really appreciate you joining us today. And I know that they can find out more about you and your company at crayon.co. Uh, thank you for coming. Thanks so much. This was great. All right. That does it for today's episode. Thanks everyone for listening. And don't forget to join us next week when we tackle another great topic designed to help you elevate your product 
your company and your career.